So I want to jump into this word today. I really do believe I have a word from the word for this church um, and not just a teaching, but something I believe God's going to speak directly to your heart and give you context about what he's doing at, in this particular hour in this church. And so I, I want to speak this to you. So if we could look at Joshua chapter three, we're going to look at verses one through five and then uh, we'll part, we'll stop at verse 13. Uh, we'll skip down to that. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they came or where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, I want you to follow this carefully, and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Now, can we all read this next line together? Since you have never been this way before. I want you to remember that. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. That's 1,000 feet. And do not go near it. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, I want to skip down to verse 13. It says, and as soon as the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. You know, it is, um, it's never really a, a fun thing when you don't know where you're going. Um, I remember returning from my grandmother's house here in Virginia. She leaves, lives in Chesapeake in the Tidewater area. And we got caught downtown trying to navigate our way through it. And I will never forget how even though we had GPS on, that I was making all types of wrong turns because GPS was not letting me know in advance which way to turn. It would let me know afterwards, well, you missed a turn, reroute, reroute, reroute. And so I thought, listen, for five or ten minutes, I thought I was stuck in that place. And I would never be able to get out of it. And not only did I start to feel anxious, I started feeling frustrated. And my wife was with me. And so there was some intense fellowship in the car. There were some words exchanged. What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing, but do you know what we need to do? You know, just back and forth. And we were just saying, Lord, help us get out of this mess. It was so interesting because we do not like knowing where we or like not knowing where we're going. And, you know, finally, we, we were able to make it out of there. My thought here is that is that GPS may fail us sometimes, but God will never fail us in leading us in the way we should go. He will never fail us. 
And, and here's what I'm hearing for this church tonight and for you as you enter into this season is that God is taking this church in a way that you've never been before. God is taking this church in a way you've never been before. In this text, he says, Joshua, he says, Israelites, listen, you're going to have to do things a little bit different than the way you've done it before because you're going a way you've never gone before and there's going to be some things that happen that you have not seen yet. Now, I, when I say this, I'm not saying that there hasn't been progress, that there hasn't been good things that happen. In fact, the Israelites here in this particular section, they stand on the shoulder of some amazing people. And I'm talking about people who saw the 10 plagues happen. God released his power of 2.3 or 2 to 3 million people that were enslaved, came, became free out of Egypt. They, they crossed the Red Sea. I mean, a sea opened up. And there's so many other miracles we could talk about. Water coming out of a rock. I mean, there's some significant things that took place. But when God tells them that you're going a way you've never been before, it's not about disregarding the past. It's all about looking, looking forward in the future at the path that God has set. And it means that God is going to use different means some of the same people, but different ways. And this is what God's speaking. And, and I believe that this is an encouragement to us. Because what's on the other side of the way that you've never been before? What's on the other side of that? There, there's a few things I, I want to highlight to you that I, that I see in the book of Joshua on the other side that I believe speaks to grace covenant prophetically. The first one is, is what happens with Caleb. Man, Caleb has been waiting 40 years to take this land called Kiriath Arba. It's a land that's filled with grapes, milk and honey and big, I mean, just amazing fruit. He's longing for, it's like his dream, but he has to wait 40 years until he takes that land. And this is the moment when God takes Caleb and Joshua and the Israelites in a way that they have never gone before. This is the moment that God is going to fulfill and make good on what he promised Caleb. And what I believe by the spirit of the Lord, that there are things that were dreamed up by this church 40 years ago that God is going to bring about as soon as you hit the 40 years that this church has been in existence. God is going to accelerate some things. And you're going to see it take place. There's going to be areas that you dreamed about being in that God is going to open up. There's going to be kingdom impact that you had dreamed about happening that is going to happen as you hit the 40-year mark. Now, you may be listening to me and thinking, well, you, well, did anyone talk to you about that? No, they did not. But they did at dinner tell me just now that that word about 40 years actually is we're getting ready to celebrate our 40th anniversary in September. God was the one who lined that up. God is speaking to you. And we need to be engaged in what he's doing. I'm going to talk about in a moment how we're engaged in that. But I also want to say this. One of the things that happened on the other side 
of the way that they had never gone before was that the manna ceased, that they were receiving from heaven this flake-like stuff, you know, that I like to think of as like a lot like Krispy Kreme, you know, that, that God was blessing them. It was a little sweet, a little flaky, all that. I don't know why they wouldn't want it anymore, but anyway. But they do get a chance to, to eat of the fruit of the land. They get a chance to actually to, to, to eat meat and, and, and the, the, the grapes and all of the various things that they had, the leeks and, and water. And it's, it's so much there. And here's the thing about it. I believe that God's saying that as you go this way that you've never gone before, that new resources are going to be released to you in your life. There's going to be things that happen, and not just with this church, but also with everyone that has linked in and locked into what God's doing. God is going to move with supernatural provision. How many people say amen to that? Praise God for that. You're going to see this happen. Here's another thing that I believe is going to take place is that God said that there's going to be expansion and occupation and I, I just saw, I saw God expanding and then occupying. And part of that is God saying that there's going to be repositioning that's going to take place. Repositioning in, within the church staff, but repositioning with, with some of the people in the church. And God is going to reposition you so that you can be in a place where you can occupy land or occupy a particular area um, within this region and a particular area of influence, whether it be business or, or education or government. And I saw God lifting some of you up. There's some of you that God is all of a sudden where it seems like doors have just been shut around you. They're going to open up and God is going to make you a gatekeeper for one of these particular things. And you're going to be able to see the kingdom of God advance through the influence God's given you. Praise God for that. Praise God. God is going to move. Here's another thing I saw. Is I saw on the other side of this, and I love uh, Pastor J.C. saying this, but I saw walls coming down. And this, this, is, what, this is what God's saying. On the other, what, on the other side of the way you've never gone before. There are walls that have been erected for years in your life, in your family, that is going to come down. God is going to bring those walls down. I heard the word, some of you have felt stuck. Like I just, I, I, I feel like I'm just stuck and nothing's happening. And God say, as you go this way that you haven't gone before, as you follow me in this, I am going to do amazing things. And there's going to be such power that comes through your life that literally drops these walls and you'll be able to progress in his purposes. Praise God for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I saw this vision. Last thing I'll say about this is I saw this vision of Grace Covenant, and it was like, it was a vibrant, you were a vibrant tree, just lit up. And I saw all, I saw that it was like, you were a place of refuge, a place of fruitfulness, and a place where all types of people could find their home. And I believe that God, God is saying that this church will be a place of safety for people to come that have been wounded and broken and hurt. 
and they will be ministered to with light and glory. This church will be a place that is filled with fruit, fruit that many people can enjoy, many people can eat of and be satisfied. And this place will be a home to people of all types of ethnicities, backgrounds from all over the place. All types of different people will be in this place. Praise God for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Now, when I thought about this, I asked the Lord, I said, okay, this is what you're doing. What is it that you're requiring of this church in this hour to partner with you as you do these things? It's interesting, but God never says, I'm going to do a word and it's all me and you don't do anything. And, and this is just how it happens. The only time that happened was in creation when he spoke the world into existence. But ever since then, when man has been on the earth, he always says, I'm going to do this. And of course, God does the majority of what's needed to be done. But he also always says, well, I have one person that will actually trust me and believe that I'm going to make good on my promises. And so there's three things I believe that I see here that God is calling you into as he fulfills these words that he's spoken about as you go the way you've never been before. The first thing I see is expectation. Veneration is number two. And then the last one is consecration. Expectation, veneration, consecration. Let me talk about expectation. This is an important one. Because up until this particular point in our text, what we find is that the Israelites are getting ready to cross the Jordan River. And this is a big moment for them. They've been waiting multiple decades for this to take place. And God himself waited until a generation who did not trust him, did not believe in him, did not have expectations that that generation died off before he could bring in this new generation to fulfill his particular promise. And so God is, is really excited about this new generation responding to, the, to him. And so now he's going to proclaim a promise to them. He's saying, this is my promise. This is what I'm going to do. You're going to see some amazing things. But will you make the mistake that the previous generation made? Not having expectation. And because they allowed their expectation to die, they also perished with it in the wilderness. Now, here's the thing that God's speaking. What you have to understand is that this next generation is not about age. It's not about age. It's all about expectation. Here's the reason why. It's because Joshua and Caleb went with this next generation in the way that they had never gone before. He was, they were right there with them. And Joshua and Caleb were 80 and 85 years old, respectively. And so did their wives go with them. Presumably. That's what we see. And so there, it wasn't just, oh, well, it's just about the younger generation. No, it's about those that have faith. Those that have expectation that they're able to walk this way that God has never taken this group before. It's all about the expectation. The question for us is, will we allow the bad news around us, 
the various challenges in our lives to dim and destroy the expectation that God wants us to have based on what he's promising us. What has God promised you in your life? Has your expectation started to wane? Because if it has, you found yourself stuck in a wilderness going around in the same patterns. But God is saying, I'm infusing you today with new hope that when I speak, I'm going to fulfill it. But you have to trust me. I'm taking you a way you've never been before. Will you have that expectation? That's what God is asking us today. You know, it's going to require that we nurture ourselves on what heaven has given us and not the bad news we see on the earth. There's so much going on. I mean, I'm getting notifications in my phone all the time from CNN, Fox News, and, and other news networks. I don't even know what they are, but I'm constantly being told, here's what's happening. This is the bad news. This is the bad news. And, and, and what happens is when you feed on that stuff and meditate on it, man, it starts to deride what God wants to do in your life. Your expectations start decreasing. Right. You know, you have to fix your eyes on Jesus in heaven so that you can live a powerful life on earth. And this is what he's speaking to. Will you allow your expectations to maintain and to grow in the presence of God, despite the flood that's happening. You know, it's interesting, but he tells them, he says, okay, you guys, we're going to come. You're, I'm, I'm going to bring you to this Jordan River. You're going to come down. And guess what? You know what you're going to have to do? While it's flooding, while the, 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 the dew of Mount Hermon is starting to melt because the season is changing, in this flood season, and now it's not safe to cross over. In fact, it's a rapid torrent. In this particular time, I want you to take a step of faith. Step into the Jordan. Step into the mess. And when you do, I am going to move by my power. You're going to see wonders take place. The walls are going to come down. Amazing things are going to take place because you have an expectation that's then acted upon by a step of faith. The question for you is what is God telling you to do? What step of faith is he asking you to make? What is it? We need to follow him in this season. In the way we've never gone before. Here's the next one. Veneration. Veneration. We need veneration. Venerate. To venerate means to honor, to respect. It's a really good word. And what you find in this particular passage is that God says, I want you to respect the Ark of the Covenant and the Levitical priests that are carrying this Ark. In other words, honor those carrying the presence of God and honor those and, and also honor the presence of God. This is what he's saying. And it, it, it's such a powerful thing. So what, what does it mean to honor the, the, the ark in essence for us today? Well, the ark had a few things in it. The first thing the ark had was on top of it was basically a throne. And that symbolized the presence of God. 
that God was present with his people. He was enthroned and they would carry it around just like in the olden times when a king would sit on one of those, uh, these, these poles that had a throne on it and they would be carrying it around like that. And that was saying that God himself is the king. And so his presence is there with the ark. Another thing that that ark had by this time, it had the 10 commandments in it. It had God's word inside of it. And then it had another thing, which was Aaron's bud, which was an interesting thing where this flower budded supernaturally. And I believe that that for us is a, a, a sign that God can bring about life transforming power in our lives. Life transformation. It's a testimony. So what is God saying to us? How do we honor the ark today? Because we're not looking at an ark. We're looking at the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. We go into the presence of God. We go into the presence of the Holy Spirit. We also hold on to the word of God. We say this word is going to to, to be a part of my life. I'm going to live through it. I'm going to see everything through this word. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to pray the word. I'm going to believe in the word. And then we also carry the testimony of God's life transforming power in our lives. And we live that out before people. And that's how we're able to venerate the ark, if you will, the presence of God and honor him and bless him. And he says, that's the one, that's what you need to follow. Follow the presence of the Holy Spirit. Follow the word of God. Look look and see how transformation is taking place. This is what he's after. And he says, honor, honor and venerate God. And the ark of God. But then I want you to notice something interesting. It doesn't say just the ark of God, but it says the Levitical priests that are carrying it. Now, you might think, oh, well, of course, the priests are carrying it. But think about this. A generation earlier, when they came up on a body of water called the Red Sea, and they needed to cross that Red Sea, there was a leader by the name of Moses that talked to God and prayed to God and he took his staff after talking to God and praying and he put that thing into the water and and the sea parted and the Israelites walked on dry ground. But now God has a different strategy. Why is that? Because he's taking them a way they've never gone before. And so the the strategy now is we're actually going to let the Ark of the Covenant The presence of God, the word of God, the life transforming power of God be the thing that goes, but we're going to have it carried by Levitical priests. Now, you can imagine if there had been anyone from that previous generation left over, they'd be like, oh, you know what? You know, I think I want that staff thing because that seemed to work for Moses. I don't want, I don't know about this. Like, can we please have Moses doing this? Oh, that's right. Moses is dead. We can't have, but Joshua, you better go get a staff right now. Come on, Joshua. You need it. That's what we heard. Our parents told us it was done with a staff. You better go get a staff. And God says, no, no, no. Here's what I need to happen. Here's what I need to happen. I want the Levitical priests carrying the ark first to go into the water and you to follow them. I want you to venerate them. I want you to honor them. This is what he's saying. Why do we honor them? Think about it. It's not just because they're priests, but it's also because they carry the ark. 
In other words, honor the people who have the presence of the Holy Spirit, who are, have the word of God on the inside of them, and who you see life-transforming power emanating through. Honor those people. Follow them. And this is what God wants for us because he's taking us to a place in a way that we've never gone before. We've never gone before. Here's the last one. The last one's consecration. Consecration. In this text, we find he says, literally, consecrate yourselves because tomorrow I'm going to do wonders in your midst. Isn't that a great promise from God? It's so good. Consecration is to a purpose that something is going to happen. You're not just doing it for for any reason. Now, what is consecration? Consecration simply means that you're devoting yourself to God, focusing on him, and actually denying yourself some other things. Some of those things are bad, but some of them could be good. It could be bad things. It could be good things, but you're doing it for the God thing. That's what you're after. God, what is it that you want me to have? And because you deny yourself of that, believing that God is good, that he is going to reward you, and and that reward actually is not just what he gives you materially, but it's also being in a closer relationship with him, knowing him more, seeing him move, allowing him to really be involved in your life and being close to him. And he tells them, consecrate yourselves because I'm going to do wonders. Consecration is such a powerful thing that we at times have pushed to the side because we live in a culture that wants us to do the exact opposite of consecration, which is indulgence. Indulge in every desire, everything you want to do. You know, you deserve it. You're entitled to it, girl. You're entitled to it. You know, it's like whatever you want, just do it. Like when you get home, go ahead, shop, spend your money, eat whatever you want to, do all these different things because you deserve it. And see, someone who is going to follow God and the way that he's taken them, that they're never gone before, there's a higher level, a new level of consecration that has to come. Where you say, God, I am going to focus on you and I'm going to deny myself of some things that I would normally engage in. But I'm not going to do that this time because I want to focus on you. See, what consecration does for us is it adjusts our perspective. It reminds us that we need God, like fasting. Anybody ever fast here before? I don't know about you. But I fasted a lot recently in this season. And I'm going to tell you what, it's not because I like it. I met some people, they love it. Oh, yes, we get to fast. I'm like, what's going on with you? I love eating. Are you kidding me? I don't want to turn down a plate. That's a difficult thing. You know, in fact, whenever, I, whenever I'm fasting, I get supernatural senses. You get that too? I can smell something from a mile away. I walk, I walk into my house, into the garage, and, and my wife would be cooking during the fast, like the January fast we shared as an every nation family. And she always does it. She cooks spaghetti. And I'm going to tell you what, 
I'm not, that, I'm not the greatest fan of spaghetti, but when I'm fasting, <laughs> spaghetti sounds really good. And more than that, it smells really good because as soon as I walk into the house, I can smell it and I can tell it's got onions in it. It's got oregano. It's got garlic. You know what I mean? It's got Parmesan. I can smell every single thing. It's like your senses are heightened. But you've turned down the plate. You've turned down food because you want to focus on God. And and because you're contending and believing that he's going to do something in your life. That wonders are going to take place. And he's saying this to us. That as we go in this new way, there's a higher level of consecration. Let me just, let me break some of this down to us on a very practical level. And this is, this is important for us because when we consecrate ourselves, one of the things that we do is we adjust our perspective. And, and, and listen, if we don't, if we don't consecrate, we don't have conquest. See, on the other side of the way that they're going, that they've never gone before is conquest. They're going to conquer and be victorious over some things that they had been struggling with and that they had never seen before. And it's going to be powerful. So there has to be consecration before conquering. There has to be. And, and, and when, we, when we're getting consecrated, one of the things that happens is that it puts wonders in the right place. Because wonders are meant for us to worship God, but we, don't, we should not worship wonders. We should worship God. Wonders should lead us to that. And so consecration helps us remember we depend on God and we need God. But here's a few things I thought about for us. About consecration. When God says, I want you to confess your sins to your spiritual leader, to God, to your spiritual leader, to your Christian friends. I want you to confess your sins. I want you to confess whether it's the lust that you, you've, you've had, the escapism. I want you to confess the passivity you've had. Maybe the unwillingness. I want you to confess your sins. Will you respond correctly to this consecration? When God is asking you to do this. When God is putting his finger on some TV shows or movies or entertainment that you've been engaging in. And he says, It's not because I don't love you, because I don't want you to participate and all that, but it's because I'm doing something new in your life. I'm taking you away that you've never gone before. Will you respond well to him? When God's, and I'm not against movies and TV shows, but I have in my life at times, God's put his finger on and said, this right here, you can't feed on this. this. This music, you can't do it because I'm doing something different in your life. I'm taking you a way you've never gone before. When when, when God says, listen, there's some attitudes that you have, some opinions that you have that need to be adjusted. There's some motivations of the heart that need to be adjusted. See, a lot of times we think of consecration only as an outward thing. Well, I'm fasting. I'm, I'm letting go of food. But consecration starts as an inward thing. It's a heart thing. And we see that in Isaiah 58, even with fasting. He says, look, you guys are fasting on the outside, but man, you are neglecting what the fast is really about. It's about aligning yourself with my desires. So the question is, is will you 
Say yes to God when he says, it's time to adjust your attitude. It's time to adjust your motivations. It's time for you, us to look at that opinion and figure out why is that opinion so important to you, even more so than my Bible? What is going on? God's saying, I want you to consecrate yourselves because I'm going to do wonders. Amazing things are going to happen. Let me summarize what I've said here. Is I've said that God is speaking to Grace Covenant Church. And that includes you. Everybody say me, me, me. That includes me. Includes you, right? And he's saying this. I'm taking you away. You have never been before. Lots of great things going to happen. There's expansion that's going to take place. Dreams that have been for 40 years are going to be fulfilled. God is going to, to reposition people and allow you to occupy places. There's going to be you know, just a vibrant home, a refuge of many different people. Fruit coming. All of these great things are going to happen. But God is requiring of you grace covenant to maintain and to grow your expectation. He's also saying, Grace Covenant, will you have veneration for the presence of God, the word of God, the life transforming, transforming power of God, and also the leaders that I've given you? Grace Covenant, will you consecrate yourself? Will you obey the voice of the Holy Spirit when he's putting his finger on things? And he says, this right here is not good for you. Or this right here is not that it's even bad for you. I just don't want this to happen in your life. I want to see if you will be obedient to me. But if you do this, the promise is the Jordan will part. The wonders will come. And victory will be yours. Praise God for that. Praise God. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray a quick blessing over you. If something in this word stood out to you, let me just pray for those you felt stuck. You said, I felt stuck. Just raise your hand. I felt that. I want to pray for you. I really felt the Holy Spirit said, pray for you. Pray for those who feel stuck. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the anointing that's here. It's not even about me. It's just about you. Lord, you are moving in this place. And their hearts, those who have raised their hand have said, I bear witness to the reality that you are going to cause walls to fall down. Where people have been stuck, those walls are coming down. Where they've been stuck in their vocation, where they've been stuck in their emotions, where they've been stuck in their relationship. And some of them, I, I hear their hearts, they've been stuck spiritually. God, I thank you for the endless blessing of the presence and power of your Holy Spirit moving in their lives and causing them to be free to follow you in this way that they've never gone before. I thank you, Father, that they will be unstuck in the name of Jesus. By the power of your spirit, God, you will do it. You will do it 
Praise you, God. Thank you for doing it even now. I want you to just say this, Lord. I thank you for this word. I hear your voice. And I choose to follow you. I will allow my expectation to grow. I will venerate your word and your leaders. And I will consecrate myself. So that you can do wonders in my life. And through this church. In Jesus name. Amen.